It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Chris Manning from Locked On Cavs here. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I are going to talk about awards we're giving out in the the vein of the Oscars um, at the All-Star break for the Cavs specifically. So some of the categories include team MVP, best player in a supporting role, best single game performance. Um, And this is something I think we're going to come back to um, at the end of the season, perhaps next year, if you guys keep continuing to like it. and I'm writing this a bit for the sword. So if you want to read this in word format, you can check that out there. Um, and I think it'll be up on Friday around the time you're maybe listening to this, but that's all coming up today. And then on Monday, on locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. You are locked on Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. Cleveland Cavaliers select. Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University. My, my, my. This call, the Kevin Love Show. Kyrie Irving, he's gone. Xbox at him today. At the kill. On the blow block. He put him in some boots. Colin Sexton for two. Evan, what's going on, buddy? Are you when I, I want to ask you this? Like, just give me the the brutal honesty here. Um, when I pitched you this, was this something where you're like, Chris has lost his mind, or Chris is like onto something that could be fun here? <clears throat> well, it's two things. I know you lost your mind because Joker didn't win Best Picture, <laughs> but um, <laughs> just an incredible, that. incredible bit. You and uh, one of my best friends in the world, Zach Kolsar, um, trolling me. He brought over a magazine that he took from his barbershop or something. And it was like fill in like the Oscar awards on the back. And he put my name on the ballot and answered everything for Joker, even though even the categories Joker wasn't nominated in. You know what? It really it really deserved it, though. It really, yeah. really did. And I'm so sorry again that it didn't win. But maybe you did lose your mind a little bit there. But I thought this was a fun idea. And once you actually started, <coughs> excuse me, like you said, this is your brainchild here. And some of the categories are, you know, pretty 
boilerplate and standard and then we start to get into the nitty-gritty maybe a little bit petty and those start to become fun and i'm like yeah these are actually pretty fun talking points so i'm ready to roll with it yeah so we're gonna run through a bunch of categories um we are going to answer a bunch of these we'll run through the candidates all of that stuff um just for for clarity for the future um i was looking at i came with a bunch of categories originally then kind of workshop these some of these like obviously like are not going to be um applicable going forward like we have one that is literally best kevin love related melodrama on here which is not going to be a thing like that might not be a thing like there might not be five more good candidates at the end of the season even or like next season or whatever um but kind of feels like it's bad timing too with the obama news kind of poo-poos on the moment but whatever you can't let one moment uh ruin an overall melodramatic season for some one player Anyways, Obama. go ahead. Did you say Obama news? Yeah, you didn't hear. Have you not been paying attention? He's holding a uh, fireside chat. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. He's meeting cool. President Obama over All Star Weekend. He canceled his plans with Kate to do it. So, wow. You know, he's um, he's advancing cool. his platform for mental health awareness. But that's so good. You know, you can, I can still make fun of him for being very dramatic at times. <laughs> there you go. Whatever. <laughs> there, there's just there's one on here that is the winner that like, um. Yeah, just come on, Kevin. Like, yeah, I, I am pro. This is a pro Kevin Love podcast. Um, you did some shit this year that was just a little, little much, my guy. Um, yeah. So there's some, some of the ones that I cut, and some of these I think we could do, um, in some format, like at the end of the year. If like, basically, I think if I just would have taken better game to game notes with this idea in mind, I think some of these are much easier to do. Um, and you could get a little more like you get. This could become something where like you get some of like the, the down the line categories like. Um, like costumes and stuff like that from the Oscars where it's like a little more like niche and it's like, Hey, I don't know who that person is, but they designed the costumes of little women or something. Um, Okay. So some of those ones are best single defensive play, best assists, best and one best transition sequence, best comeback and best one off performance. Um, If you have any nominations or category ideas going forward, we'd love to hear them locked on calves at gmail.com is going to be the best place for you to send those. Um, And, Again, this may be a future thing. Let us please let us know what you think of this. If you think this is entertaining or, or worth our, your time as a listener or whatever, please let us know. I'd love to hear that. Okay, Evan, we're gonna build to the big one. On part two, we'll we'll do team MVP. Um, so that seems start. fair. That I think that's it's like the best picture award of of this show. I think so. Let's yeah. start with uh, best team performance. So here are the nominees <clears throat> for best team performance. The Cavs is one seventeen to one hundred eight overtime win against the Spurs. The Cavs beating the Pistons in overtime. The Cavs beating the Knicks in Denver, the Cavs dominating the Knicks, and the Cavs beating the Pacers for John Beeline's NBA win. Um, I think the my first cut, honestly, of this category might have been the Hawks game from the other day. I made the most of this list before that performance. Um, it's an interesting category. Um, I, For me, I think the pick that ended up becoming obvious, it's the Cavs beating the Nuggets in Denver. Where do you fall on this? Oh, I absolutely agree, because I think I'm trying to think of the time... Cleveland was on a bit of a hot streak and they're playing well. And then you and I said, well, it's going to come to a crashing halt pretty soon as soon as they had the Denver. And they looked like a very competent ball club against the Nuggets. And <clears throat> granted, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Um, maybe this is me being sour grapes here, but the Nuggets do play down to the teams that are inferior to them from what I've read and what I gathered and who I've spoken to. But I'll take a win in a place historically Cleveland has struggled in. Especially when you want to consider the fact that they're a young team, that they're able to go in there and beat arguably 
the second or third best team in the Western Conference, which is a pretty vaunted conference. Yeah, that's a pretty big team performance and moment. And for now, like you said, the Hawks game last night was a lot of fun, but I still think it doesn't compare to that Nuggets win. That Nuggets win to me will go down, I think, is just the most impressive because um, if you look at what came next, so after that after that win in Denver, Denver also is just one of the league's best 10 teams. You know, like they're probably going to be like the second or third seed in the West or something. That's a really good team. Um, the Cavs went on to lose seven straight after that performance. They've Very lost cool. since that. Yes, since that win, they've lost 13 of 15. That was at 13 of 14 until they beat the Hawks. The other aspect of this is just like playing in Denver is just really hard. Denver is a place where the, I mean, it's really high altitude. It is um, just your lungs are kind of going to be, you no only it's a big home court advantage because you go there and it's like, you're not used to playing in altitude that Denver plays a very movement kind of style of basketball. So like, it's just like a really hard place to go in and play. And for the Cavs to do that, like, I just think to me, when I think about this team and I think about what differentiates this year's kind of bad group versus last year's bad group. And I think this is something that gets lost when the team gets talked about from 10,000 feet. I think just the DNA of this group, for whatever reason, is a little bit more just like composed and able to kind of win games like this. Like, I do not think there is any way the 2018-19 Cavs are winning, at least once they got all shuffled up and everything, are winning game like that in Denver. And for them to go and do that, even in, in the context of everything and the place to win, like I think just every factor I considered in this made the Nuggets win um, kind of the, the obvious one. And I don't, I, I, I'm imagine it would be hard in my estimation for them to have a better win than that um the rest of the season no yeah no i agree and i'm trying to pull up the numbers here just to see it like like you said denver's a tough place for them to win in general and um in the all-time series at least as i'm pulling these numbers out of my ass uh denver leads this overall series 49 to 40 and i'm willing to bet that <clears throat> the majority of those wins are in denver because like you just said it's a hard place to play and the fact that the Cavs aren't very good and Denver is very good just kind of maybe is more of a statement win for, for John Bayline to put a feather in his cap this season because he's not going to have a lot of those at all this year. So if he's able to have a couple, like, you know what, we had some good games this year compared to, like, the countless bad ones they had, it's a little bit of a silver lining in an overall just kind of crappy season for this team. The the stat lines for this performance, you know, there's some stuff that is that is like missing from this one. Some of the stuff that has made the DNA of these Cavs games fun, like there's no KPJ in this one. Um, but you got a really good Alfonso McKinney game for the most part off the bench as kind of the lead bench guy in that one. The only and no Larry Nance Jr. in this one either. This was a nine man rotation, effectively eight because Delhi played a total of six minutes. Um, Zizek played nine. Aren't they so maybe, yeah, just maybe it's Mike, a seven man game. Yeah, it's like seven. It's like a seven man rotation. Basically, Kevin Love has 19 all starters in double digits. Sexton leads the way with 25 on a nine of 18 four seven from three night. Um, Garland has eight assists and 18 points. Like there's just a lot of little stuff. It's like a weird win, too. It just is like it's not yeah. like the Hawks game where it's like the stuff that worked is sort of like, oh, yeah, that that was kind of bound to happen in some regards, maybe. Um, or like KPJ had a really big night. This was like a this the weird type of game that the Cavs don't normally win. And I will I will remember that one quite fondly. Um, you know, they lose the third quarter by six and still win by eight. That tells you like they, they won those first three quarters and held Denver to like 18 points in the first. Like that's that's really, really good. No, it's phenomenal. And all things considered, Jamal Murray and <clears throat> Nikola Jokic are both arguably Denver's top two players, and they both had really good nights with Jokic with 
24 points, five rebounds, three assists. I mean, it's a little off for him in terms of passing and rebounding. And or so no, I'm just reading that that was Murray's stat line. Jokic was 19 points, 12 rebounds, five assists. It makes much more sense now. Um, both, I mean, solid stat lines from them, and like they got good minutes from Will Barton and Jeremy Grant, and Gary Harris kind of disappeared. But no, like you said. Like Denver's better players came to play and at least had good individual performances, but overall Cleveland just went in there as a team and won this game with essentially seven people, and two of which were Alphonso McKinney and Brandon Knight, who one of which is rarely played for the Cavs, and Alphonso McKinney <clears throat> got spot minutes just based on that road trip because everyone was hurt that time. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, come back and talk about two more categories um, right after this in the Cavs. All-Star Break Awards 2019-2020 Season Edition here on Lock on Cabs. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, we're back. Evan, the next category we're going to talk to, we're going to get this one out of the way because I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. So it's the least fun one. Um, It is one of the ones where we do have different answers, but uh, it's best worst moment of the season. So that's uh, the cannon gates are losing to the Warriors at home, losing to the Knicks three times, blowing the game against the Bulls and losing Andre Drummond's debut. You could there's certainly more you could pick. Um, you, yeah. you could find a lot more sad things if you really, really wanted to. Evan, what is your uh, winner in this category? I picked the Bulls loss in this category just because it was such a I, I we we recorded that we recorded a show right after that game and I was genuinely frustrated talking it out with you and I became more and more pissed the more we talked about it because that was a game Cleveland should have won and if it ended at halftime <clears throat> it they they would have won that game but like they absolutely blew it and it was just kind of like a microcosm of this season it felt like where the Cavs could have a lot of good moments they string together but they just blow apart in spectacular fashion that it just absolutely blows my mind and chris we you have a different pick what is your justification for this award maybe you could swing my vote yeah okay so my vote is the war the loss to the warriors um and that the loss at home where like i wasn't there but i remember talking to you about it and i remember like watching the media stuff and i just can't remember a game this year where like the the coaching staff and the players like just seemed so shellacked by what had happened they seemed sort of like shell-shocked by um everything that had went on and just how the losses had piled up after this long road trip. I mean, Shell this was like, nice way to put it. Was, I, I mentally checked out during that game, but yeah, ahead. I remember like, um, ending up watching it at home just cause some stuff had come up. And then I like, I'm started a little bit late on my like, catching up and avoiding seeing what had happened. And, um, I was like, Oh, 
okay, this is going to be one of those ones. This is going to be one of those ones where it's just like, what, what is going on here? Um, and this was like after that long, this is the midst of like the, the big bad losing streak. This was maybe the end of it actually. And I have to look, but after that road trip where the losses started piling up um, after the bulls loss, this is just like the, the cherry on top of like the crap losing Sunday. And it was also just like this very stark reminder that like two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was at this time, I have no conception. The Cavs lose to the Warriors in the finals. Um, it's the four, but they made the final four years in a row. And then like, this is where these two teams are at. The Warriors obviously have a little bit more kind of built in hope because they're going to get Curry and clay and they're going to have these picks and they have like stuff where you're like, okay, like there, there's definitely like ways around here for this team to kind of, um, you know, get back there. Like they have much better chance next couple years of getting back to the finals and the Cavs do just based <clears> on <throat> the talent they have coming back. But it was just like, what is going on here? Um, yeah. it's just, I just remember it being such a, like, like, it just seemed like it bothered everyone so much, um, and just kind of punched everyone in the face so much And the bulls game seemed to do that too. But this just felt like at being at home, I think being at home and being like that had some time off before this one, if I remember correctly and everything, like it was just like, this can't get worse than losing to the warriors like this and, and everything that just kind of went into that. And the context of that game to me just kind of separates it from everything else. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And I'm looking at Cleveland's record be like around that time. So they blew that game against Chicago, and then they go in and beat Detroit to end a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game losing streak. And then they had lost to New Orleans and Toronto before that. And I think neither of those games fell within a reach, and I wasn't surprised. And I think you and I were actually joking about it, saying that on Cleveland's upcoming schedule, they play some good teams, and I said Golden State or New York is going to be one of those games that they probably have the best chance of winning, and they end up blowing the game in overtime to the Knicks that following Monday. But that Golden State game was super frustrating. I had to look it up just to see when it was John Beeline wanted to plead the fifth. It was the following game for that one. So maybe just like those two ugly losses back-to-back really shell-shocked uh, old Johnny B there. But um, no, that was a that was just a miserable game overall to watch, and like Steve Kerr was being nostalgic during like before and after the game about how like he used to play for the Cavs and how this rivalry used to mean something. And I even wrote something for Fear the Sword. You did. You did. It was very good. Uh, yeah, about how um like this rivalry is just non existent and, and maybe it's like the whole Trey Sex Trey Young Colin Sexton rivalry that you and I were, and um Brad were talking about the other day where it maybe is still something in like Cleveland fans' eyes, but if you go to anybody in Golden State it's just an afterthought. Because like you said Steph will be back next year. Clay will be back next year. Uh, with modern medicine, I'm pretty in the way Clay Thompson plays. I'm pretty comfortable in saying he'll be back to the same player he was. Um, Draymond is still a jack of all trades, master of defense and playmaking. And they have Andrew Wiggins, who I know they're trying to turn into a revitalization project. If that somehow works, then more power to them. Then they can have a top pick that they can flip into another asset or they can add a young player that could be a nice piece to their foundation going forward. But so Golden State will probably be more than likely back in serious championship contention next year while Cleveland will still be a bottom feeder. And yeah, maybe maybe you have a point here where this loss is just kind of like the kiss of death and the final goodbye for any meaningful moments because <clears throat> I think I stressed out the piece where like it's kind of hard to believe that it's been two years since these two teams clashed one last time in the NBA Finals. And, I mean, granted, Golden State made it back the following year with 
and lost to Toronto. That's kind of where everything fell apart for them too, because that's when Clay gets hurt, and then Kevin Durant rushes his Achilles, and granted, Kevin Durant goes to Brooklyn, but it just kind of felt like the beginning of the end there. And then they flip Durant for D'Lo, and then D'Lo and Curry doesn't work, and Curry gets hurt, and then they're kind of going through a retooling process themselves where Cleveland is going through a... They won't bottom out completely, but they're going through a rebuild, so... I don't know. It's just it was just weird to think that like no matter what, these teams are always going to be intertwined, either in terms of sucking for this season or being contenders for four years in a row. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, um, so I think you're. We'll stick with you just for your your. Let's give. Well, it's kind of co-winners. It's the Bulls lost the loss to the Warriors. Is what we're going to go with there. Yeah. Okay. There's next category choices. Yes. Um. The next category is I think the one I felt like I had the least to say about. Um, that standout defensive player. The Cavs are atrocious on defense. Um, so we're going to yeah. run through this one real quick. Candidates, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Porter Jr., Larry Nance Jr., Jetty Osman, Alfonso McKinney. Um, the only thing that I found interesting in the research for this one was that Larry Nance Jr. is rated, like uh, basically like every advanced stat loves Nance's defense. Um mm-hmm. I went with Thompson. Um, I think it's largely because he is the team leader. Um, he's like him and Thompson are with Nance and Thompson are about within a point of each other per hundred possessions in terms of their on off defensive impact. Um, but I, I, I basically just give Thompson the, the win for this, these three reasons. One, he's been the team's leader all year Two, He's played more minutes and played more games up until like this Drummond thing has kind of maybe changed that. And we'll see kind of how that plays out of the coming weeks. And he's been a um, slightly better rebounder. But um, I say also this, there's a strong case to make them co-winners and acknowledge that no one really wins when the Cavs have the second worst defense in the NBA. I think I'd be able to lean. So excuse me, I would more so lean towards the fact that the Cavs just are so bad and abysmal defensively that there's not really a true quote unquote winner here, but I'd agree with your reasoning on Tristan, just getting the nod over Larry, like advanced stats and statistically and the numbers just kind of, when you break them down, like says Larry Nance is the best defender on Cleveland's roster, but there's just a lot of maybe intangibles. I hate throwing that word around because it makes me think of Skip Bayless when I say it, but, um, intangibly that just something makes Tristan Thompson like the heart and soul of this defense. I'll be in a very crappy defense, but I think, yeah, you can make the case of them being co-winners, but just based on the fact that you and I are fans of this team on top of closely covering them, I think Tristan would still get a nod in my mind. Yeah. Uh, the Cavs will, will tell you like Alfonso McCune is our best perimeter defender. Um, He's oh, fine. No, Alfonso McKinney himself told me the team thinks well, he's his Alfonso, best defender. Yeah, okay. Like he's fine. He's solid. Um, he's not like Nance. Nance and Thompson both have had like highlight plays this year. I can't think of like one Alfonso McKinney defensive highlight. I like he's just either. solid. You know what I mean? Like that's that, that's like a good thing. And KPJ is just like kind of just getting to being solid at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, people I think my mentions that you should start Kevin Porter though, because apparently that's like a or a crime at this point to Cavs Twitter. So. Look, this is this is this is my hottest take. His mentions are bad. Twitter is bad. They're just bad. Not not worth it. Okay, so we're just gonna say no one really wins in this one. Um, technically, we do have someone gets a statue, but this is like the artist winning best picture. Like no one really wins. You know, like yeah, we, or we gave out a, an award. It's a gold plated toilet. Whoever gets the award, <laughs> yeah, we, we there's an award given out, and someone gets to like say that they're they're a winner in this meaningless awards thing. Um. But it is what it is. Okay. We're going to take one more break here on the show for Friday, February 14th. And we'll be back 
to talk about a bigger award for the last big segment. I think it's probably the, the f- most fun one on the list. So stay tuned for that on Lockdown Cast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we're back here, um, and Evan, we're going to wrap it up on, again, my, what I think is the most fun, most goofy category. It's Ke- best Kevin Love-related melodrama. Okay, there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of, I think, very fun ones. This was a fun mm-hmm. category to think through and kind of Google through, um, but here are the nominees. Number one, sharing the picture of the smiling Joker of Arthur Fleck. Number two, t- telling Kobe Altman to find him, smacking the chair in Toronto. Every single time he held his arms in the air when he's open and someone doesn't pass him the ball. Um, I think my 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 winner's the Joker me because it's just one of the nuttiest things that I just I just was like why like why um, but it's like when LeBron shared like the remember when LeBron shared like that cartoon of him like as Batman or whatever and I was like um. That's like on brand for LeBron, though. He's such a like a corny dad. (laughs) Yeah, he's extremely corny dad vibes. But Kevin shares Joker. Um, I'll get into my kind of the questions that really made me ask about this. Like um, after that, but what what do you what is your like official winner? You put all of it really in our in our kind of word doc here. But do you have like one that is particularly the funniest to you? I mean, the Joker meme is the crux of it. Once you finally got a little bit of the context of it, I'm just like, there is never a dull moment with this team because I had a. I had a friend who covers the Oklahoma City Thunder shoot me a DM on Twitter, like telling me about it because I don't check Instagram all that often. And when I saw it, I was just like, oh, maybe it's just like Jokic Joker. He's asking to be traded to Denver because Denver was kind of one of those hot teams that was in the Kevin Love pursuit when his name was on the trademark. And I'm like, maybe that's it. And then the Athletic kind of dropped that bombshell where he went nuclear on Kobe Altman and the coaching staff and everybody else. And yeah, just, you know what, I'm like, you know what, there's never a dull moment with this team, and I think it's just given us plenty of good laughs in the fact that um, when <clears throat> the Cavs eventually frustrate Kevin again, we're probably going to see this pop up at some point. Um, I think he actually, you're the one who texted me the one time, it was like a couple weeks after the fact, he said like, oh, Kevin loves watching the Joker again, and I'm just like, oh boy, here we go again. Yeah, I, I remember like, oh, yeah. Um, not what you want, Kevin. Like I yeah. okay. Like here's my one minute movie corner, Kevin. Share your top ten movie list of 2019. Share your list. Like if this is number one, like like I have questions. Like no shade, Joker's fine. Okay, if that's your number one movie and that's what you've been watching a lot, like that's like like LeBron like carrying the Godfather book around was like super corny, you know. Oh, um, just a bit. Just just a bit. Like. Like we get it, LeBron. You're reading a you're reading The Godfather. Um, just a weird, weird, weird flex. Okay, watching saying like I watched The Joker ten times to like explain my sadness of this weird basketball situation I'm in is just some weird, is some weird stuff. Some weird, weird stuff. Oh, it it definitely is, and it's just like again, 
I complain about this, and the Cavs like to pretend everything's okay, and like Kevin's a really good liar, and John Balan's a really good liar, and they like are really good at just pulling the wool over at least people's eyes just to say, oh, everything's fine. But when you have your star player clearly taking pot shots, and then like the actual behind the scenes stuff comes out, shows that everything clearly isn't fine. It's just so frustrating, and I just want it to go away. But if it's going to be here, you know what? I'm just going to lean into the chaos at this point, much like the Joker would. And Chris, again, I think maybe you and Kevin would both be on the same page in your disappointment. If this is his top movie, like I know it was yours in 2019, that it didn't win Best Picture. Uh, for the record, Parasite in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Sexland are my extremely uh, my favorite movies of, of 2019. Just where Good I'm we're on, we're, we're on just so we're on on the record here. This is not mine, a, eh, this is a joke on the record here. Yeah, I, I mean, mine's the Lighthouse and probably oh, the I, Lighthouse is a great. Knives Out's wonderful. The Lighthouse is a great allegory of the Cavs season because it's just people going crazy over time. You know what? Yeah, you're right. It really is. We're gonna like let's pivot to some movie talk because I think we both agree that the Joker meme and like just yeah. all this melodrama isn't the, worth the it. The Kevin, no. I will just want to make the point that like a lot of people have made the point on Twitter that like we a, a succession like show would really work in the sports world. Um, Kevin being like Kobe Altman find me because I I'm rich is just like extremely like I want that in a I want that in the succession sports show. Like, I, I want to. I want one of the plots being like him going up to like the like. I want it to be something where it's like a Jerry Jones like figure or like Jerry Jones's like son, who like the star player goes up to him. It's like I'm rich. Find me. I don't care. Like I want that. I extremely, extremely want um, that kind of thing. I just think it would be great. But yeah, um, movie talk. Yeah. Go. No, the lighthouse was my favorite movie I saw this year. I really enjoyed Knives Out as well. I just thought that was a fun romp. You recommended that to me, and I went and saw it. I'm like, this is pretty fun too. And then I watched Paprika, which is an older movie from like 2007, I think. And it was just a surreal trip the entire time I watched it. And my friends just like my friend recommended to me. He watched it high, and he's just like, yeah, no, it uh, definitely messed with me, and I enjoyed that as well. But it was a good year for movies, I'd say. And I think Kevin Love would agree with us in that regard. I will say, uh, if you want to talk about positive Kevin Love energy, um, him sharing the picture of, of Tristan Thompson, like with the the reverse goggles and saying my energy going into all-star break. And then him also posting a picture of him um, eating and saying, I like, got treats and just having like a massive spread with like bagels and like coffee and like some like looks like some frittatas. Extremely good Kevin Love stuff. Also, yeah. him making fun of himself for running down the floor with his arm hand out and like looking like no one was giving him a high five. That's, I mean, yeah, that's all true. And like, this is all just like a, you know, find me, I'm rich kind of thing. Also, movie buff thing. He has a Godfather hoodie on. Maybe that's a nice homage to LeBron, but like, he's got a picture with this fancy food spread in downtown New York. He's got his millionaire teammate making three point goggles. It's him running around looking for a hand high five, him with his Olympic medals. And then finally, his supermodel girlfriend and their very, very cute dog. And I'm just like, if Kevin Love retired tomorrow, I think he'd have a pretty fun life. I know he wants to be like a spiritual successor to Anthony Bourdain in that sense where he just wants to kind of travel the world and experience food and culture. But like, if you pull snippets out of that vacation, like when he woke up next to um, elephants and everything in Thailand and all that other stuff, I'm just like, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense now when he told Kobe Altman, I have a lot of money, find me. So it's just. Yeah. 
There's also the, the picture. I wish I had. Yeah, the picture of him and Jordan Clarkson with the caption Miami is just like incredible. Like we're rich stuff. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's so so good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss him when he's gone. Yeah, uh, Jordan Clarkson still pulling off fits in Utah though. So we we'll get Kevin in like hmm somewhere random, and it'll be like wow, Kevin. Kevin's still just pulling pulling stuff off. This is good. That's probably what people think of Cleveland though. When you think of Kevin Love. You know, I probably, I mean, people on the national stage said we're, the Cavs are holding him hostage for not trading him or letting him go of the deadline. So whatever. I mean, there's like worse places you could be. It's brutally cold out and it's going to be even worse tomorrow, but it's okay. It's life. Yeah. I'm a hearty Midwesterner. It doesn't bother me any way, shape or form. Yeah. All right. That's going to be it for this first episode of the Oscars E Cab Show. Again, uh, winner, winners today: Kev, Best Kevin Love Melodrama, The Joker Meme, uh, The Best Team Performance is the Cavs against the uh, against the Denver Nuggets. The outstanding defensive player is technically no one, but technically Tristan Thompson. And then um, the best worst moment of the season co-winners: The loss to the Bulls and the loss to the Warriors. Evan, any final thoughts as we get out of here on this first half of this show? Um, sorry, I was looking up if there's any pictures of Kevin Love with clown makeup on, just to really drive the point home. There is. If LeBron um, had a holiday party this year, and like Kevin somehow was there, like the Cavs had a holiday party that was like all over Instagram, like LeBron ones were, and he dressed up as the Joker, I would have walked into the ocean. I'd walk in. I mean, LeBron I would. Wa- no, I would like. I would chase around that bird that's like in like in the lighthouse. That's what I would do. There you go. You're trying to kill that bird. Yeah. I guess before we go, if you guys haven't seen Lighthouse yet, it's a very, very good movie, and you guys should check it out. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's it's a good watch. Maybe not for everybody, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, Chris, what about you? Why don't you? Why don't we let everybody go this weekend with a movie recommendation? Oh, uh, okay. So of the, mm, hmm. I mean, Parasite's always a good obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. If you like, haven't seen Parasite, that. I really, really would recommend seeing Parasite. Um. Hmm. I would really recommend of stuff I just saw. Um, I pulled the Kevin Love and went back and watched Raging Bull, which I think he did somewhere last year, which is very, very good. If you've never seen that, watch it. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched Francis Ha on last Sunday, uh, the Noah Baumbach movie with Greta Gerwig co-writing. It's really good. Um, so go watch Francis. If you want a crime movie, small town crime on Netflix, it's just like a fun little crime movie. I'd recommend that one too. Yeah, I think those are both good recommendations. Those are all good recommendations. So yeah, everyone go check those out. If you have nothing going on, there's going to be no basketball for the next few days. So yeah, all-star weekends kind of whatever. I'm not like a super big all-star weekend person. It's kind of bad timing when the only notable Cavs events the same day is Valentine's day. So I doubt a lot of people our age are going to be watching. So Yes, that's ex- yeah, that's extremely true. Uh, all right, that's going to be it for the show, uh, Evan. Do you? I mean, besides the lighthouse, any other last movie recommendations? <sighs> trying to think, I have to catch up a little bit, and this is going to be my time to catch up on things. But I, I mean, the lighthouse is really good. I keep saying that. If you want to watch a surreal, like just trip and journey through the mind of what an artist wants to do. Watch Paprika. It's um, from 2007. You can find it on prime video and um, I enjoyed it. It was definitely not, I can see it's not for everybody, but I had a good time watching it. So if you want to check it out, go for it. 
yeah so please go check all those out do something fun for yourself this weekend and we'll be back on monday with more awards so for myself for evan this has been locked on Cavs. we'll talk to you soon hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.